It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This is the Joe and Amber podcast. This is Joe and Amber on ESPN Radio with Joe and Amber. Joe Fortenbaugh and Amber Wilson hanging out. ESPN Radio is presented to you by Progressive Insurance. Right now on ESPN is the Fantasy Football Marathon. I'm watching them, Joe, on the television sets here in the studio in New York City. And they did the walkout for all of our fantasy football experts. Oh, get out of they, here. Yeah, they filmed them all, like the Field Yates of the world, Stefania Bell, everybody working right now on this broadcast. They walked out like they're athletes. They did a whole walkout. They were shooting finger guns at the cameras. Field Yates, huh? Yeah. Just trotting out there. Was he in the all-blue lineup? He... Everyone's very casual right now. Everyone's very, very casual on set. Fantasy football is a casual sort of environment. It's all T-shirts and jeans and everyone is settled in, probably because they've been doing this thing for 24 straight hours on our airwaves. Fantasy football on ESPN is easy. It's fun. It's free. All you have to do is sign up at ESPN.com slash FFL or download the ESPN Fantasy app. I had quite the day, Joe Fortenbaugh, because I started my day on on first take. Take me through it. Take me through it. Speaking of ESPN, I started my day on first take. But then after first take, I decided that I would work out, which is what I do every day when I have this break between television and radio. So at this point, we're already at three showers for the day. Correct. Well, yes. uh mm -hmm. So uh, don't you worry about it, okay? It's the hotel shower. It's different. I'm I'm part of planet Earth. We're all going to worry about you and your water consumption, okay? (laughs) So here's the thing. I go into the gym at the hotel, little hotel gym, obviously, New York City. Go into the gym. I'm making the most out of what I can with very limited equipment. And I take a 14-pound medicine ball off the medicine ball rack, and I decide to do ball slams on the four. But I did not realize (laughs) how bouncy the medicine ball was. And this 14-pound ball bounced straight up into my jaw with all 14 pounds of will and just smashed the living heck out of my face. So I had to run to the front desk because there's no ice machine in this hotel and explain to them that I have to be on TV tomorrow and somebody has to get me some ice immediately. Okay. Um, Wow. There is so much to unpack here. I would (laughs) like to go all the way back to the name of the exercise you were participating in. Ball slams. Everybody knows what ball slams are. Come on. (laughs) James. I mean, don't ISO what do I do with this? Don't, don't. Just keep it moving. Just keep it moving. You can't say something like that to me and then tell me to keep it moving as if my four-year-old brain will not get an incredible kick out of that. But but for the sake of the conversation, I will keep it moving. So you get blasted, mm-hmm. and now you're demanding of the hotel staff to go mm-hmm. out and get you ice, mm-hmm. which is a story in and of itself. Did you did you get the ice? How are mm-hmm. you feeling? I mm-hmm. see you on the Zoom. You look fine on the Zoom, mm-hmm. but I'm not exactly Zooming in. It's not like I have the James Webb telescope here. I think it's okay. I don't think you can see it. I think I got the ice in time. The staff had to go get the ice from the restaurant. They were so kind to do so. So I got the ice in time. Did you tip I him? I iced my chin. Did you I tip him? I did not tip him yeah, because that's I, about, was, there we go. I was coming from... But here's the thing. Uh, they should forbid. have ice in this hotel. Of course. Of and course. so maybe I will slip him a tip if if I see 
no, you the won't. gentleman who helped me again. I'm normally a huge tipper, but the yeah, problem yeah, all is all of us are sure. I was sure. in gym clothes in the gym. I didn't have my wallet with me. That was in the hotel room. I didn't have anything with me. I like went immediately to find a staff member to That's say, fair. "Help me, please." My but face this, is going how to long swell. Ago, how long ago did this event take place? Uh, a few hours ago. A few hours. So you've had hours to figure out how to get access to some form of <laughs> currency and then give it to the individual. who I don't think I have any cash either. So that's part of the conversation. See, now that's, now right. I'm have to now that's another ATM. lesson. This is a huge problem I have with my wife. Always carry cash. I'm not saying you need a gangster roll of 5K and hundreds. You should always have some cash right. on you. You're and right. I know I that sound advice. like the old dad here, but I have to impart that wisdom Please, everyone, always have a few bucks on you. You never know when you're going to need it. And in this case, you could be doing ball slams. Ball <laughs> slam your way to your face there in you some go. way, shape, or form. Okay, ball slams to my face. Hey, I got it. Joe and Amber it. is presented by Progressive Insurance. Insurance for motorcycles, boats, and RVs for protection on the road and on the water. See how much you can save at 1-800-PROGRESSIVE and at Progressive.com. Moving ball right slams. along. Anthony <laughs> To the face. Anthony Richardson <laughs> is now the starting quarterback for the Indianapolis Colts. All it took was one quarter of preseason action, Joe, and AR. He is the starting quarterback. It is not Gardner. They named Anthony Richardson the starter today. I think if there's any surprise here, it's the fact that the naming of the starter came 26 days from the start of the season. I don't think you really need to put up the bat signal to Doug Peterson and the Jacksonville Jaguars, whom the Colts will host in week one, and tell them this early, yep, you can go ahead and stop scouting Gardner Minshew. It's going to be Anthony Richardson. Like maybe a little bit of gamesmanship here to give the Jags a little bit extra work. It might not be a lot. They might be anticipating Richardson, but now you've put them full systems go on scouting this guy. So the question becomes, is this the right decision for the Indianapolis Colts? Richardson, a lot of upside. Incredible athlete, as you would know. You are a Gator graduate as well. But at the same time, he's going to need some development in the passing game. You know, last year at Florida, he started 12 games. He completed only 53% of his passes with 17 touchdowns and 9 interceptions. Yes, he's a freak running the ball. I, I'm not going to even get into that. He's so good at it. But from a passing perspective, there's a lot that needs to be cleaned up, a lot that needs to be worked on. And the Colts know they're getting into it. So I'm surprised they want to start him right out of the shoot. I wonder, does it give him the best chance to win now? Does it give him the best chance to win long term? Or is this one of those Chris Ballard, the general manager, Amber, is starting to feel the heat? He's on the hot seat, and he wants this pick out there as soon as possible to try to save the job. I was really surprised that they made this decision as well. Now, I like this decision. I think it's the right decision. I thought what they were going to do, though, is the safer decision and go with Gardner Minshew because sure. we know he's a qualified backup. We know at this point, Gardner Minshew, essentially, with the experience, I mean, he is an absolute vet compared to Anthony Richardson, who hardly even started in college. Anthony Richardson's not a quarterback that we considered NFL-ready coming out of that draft. So I thought they were going to do the safe bet. They were going to start Gardner at the beginning of the season, and then at some point transition to the future because it was obvious that Anthony Richardson was their plans for the future and had insane upside. But then in the preseason, he did okay. You know, 7 of 12, 67 yards in one quarter against Buffalo. He threw an ugly interception. So did every single of these first-round rookies in their preseason debut. He did okay. I think the decision for Indianapolis is why not just get started with this future that we know we have in Anthony Richardson because of the upside. He needs the experience as a starter. Let's go ahead and get it for him. Shane Steichen, he is the Colts head coach. Here is what he said about naming Richardson the starter. 
Anthony's just been progressing. You know, the growth he's, he's shown going into Buffalo, you know, playing against a lot of their starters, you know, he showed great signs of, of improvement and uh, like the things he did. And it's an opportunity for him now to get a lot more reps with the ones going forward. Uh, and then we go from there. I think Steichen just doesn't want to stop that progress. And I don't frankly have a problem with it. If you feel like he's really progressing rapidly, why not if you're in Indianapolis? I have my concerns about Jonathan Taylor, by the way, and how he factors into this, but I don't have a problem with them deciding to make AR QB1 right off the bat. You know, we have a history of quarterbacks who have been brought along slowly. Patrick Mahomes was one of those guys behind Alex Smith. Aaron Rodgers was obviously one of those guys, and if you want to take that approach, I don't think there's anything necessarily wrong with it. On the other hand, it's kind of like how we try to talk to parents about parenting their kids. Like, you can't be the helicopter parent or the lawnmower parent. You got to let them get out there. You got to let them get dinged up a little bit and learn for themselves. And there is something to be said about the trial by fire aspect that a young quarterback will go through early in the season if you feel they have the mental makeup to handle it. No one's concerned about the physical makeup when we talk about this situation, throwing them to the fire too soon. It's about the mental makeup. Will the quarterback break? with a bad performance? Will he go into a shell? Will it affect him so adversely he loses his confidence? That's why the psychological part of this is so important in the draft process. Trying to figure out if the guy's got the swagger, the moxie. He doesn't need to be arrogant, but he's got to be resilient. And if they feel that Anthony Richardson is a, res- is a resilient young man, then absolutely get him out there and get him learning as soon as possible. By the way, I would lay the four points with the Jags in week one. I do not think this is going to go well for the Colts. Physically, Anthony Richardson could not be more NFL ready with that arm, with that size. It's that decision making. It's the accuracy. But now it will be trial by fire for Anthony Richardson. He's going to have to figure it out real quick. He is the starting quarterback in the National Football League. Coming up next here on Joe and Amber, a bigger contract apparently means a bigger role in the offensive game plan. We'll tell you who we're talking about. That is next. Joe and Amber is on ESPN Radio. Joe and Amber, the podcast. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight. S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Things are changing in Baltimore. Munkin 
is now at the helm of that offense. Lamar Jackson has a new OC, but Lamar Jackson has a lot to say because we have learned that Todd Munkin's taking advice from his quarterback. He wants a lot of input from his quarterback. Lamar Jackson has been apparently sending Munkin plays, Joe, and he's been liking them. And we haven't seen them yet in practice. They haven't actually practiced the routes yet, but he's been liking the routes and the input that Lamar has had. Lamar helping design this offense. What do you think about that? This is one of Joe Fortinball's three to five most fascinating teams entering the season. I am utterly fascinated by the Baltimore Ravens because I've had the same take on them for the last few years. You bet on them and you support them in the regular season, and then you bet against them in the playoffs because they can't close. And everything about them this year has me excited about the potential that they break through and possibly go on to win the Super Bowl. People think it's crazy, but I'm looking at this team. I see a top five defense. I see a top-five head coach. I see a top-five offensive line. I see plenty of weapons at running back and wide receiver. And then I see a former MVP at quarterback, who, quite frankly, the only knock right now, there's two. Can he stay healthy, and can he produce when they get to the postseason? Monken coming over from the University of Georgia is big because under previous offensive coordinator Greg Roman, the offense was very running back and tight end oriented. You got to progress a little bit. You got to take Lamar Jackson. You got to get him to the next level as a passer. And then he could become the most dangerous player in the NFL. There's a reason he opened as an MVP at 18 to 1, then got bet down to 16 to 1, and then bet down to 14 to 1. People like the Ravens this season. So I love the fact that he got paid. I love the fact that he's sending plays to his new offensive coordinator. I cannot wait to see what this team looks like. They're going to be the most popular survivor selection in week one. They're a double-digit favorite against Houston and a rookie quarterback. And John Harbaugh is an excellent coach early in the season. His teams are always prepared. Sky's the limit for Baltimore this year. Do you think I'm crazy? No, I don't think you're crazy at all. I think it's a That's really it interesting, segment. interesting team. I'm not going to say that they're necessarily going to win a Super Bowl and that it's going to pan out to that degree. But they are an incredibly interesting team. I am interested to see what it looks like for Lamar Jackson learning a new playbook. I understand why people are excited about the transition to Todd Munkin, but you are talking about a completely new offense and a very different style of offense, a high-flying offense, a pass-heavy offense. It's very different from sort of that ground-and-pound running style offense that we were used to seeing that also utilized Lamar Jackson's skills by the way, under Greg Roman. So seeing what that looks like, seeing what Lamar Jackson looks like, having to learn an entirely new playbook and system, I think that this is the way to approach it if you're Todd Monk. And I like this from the coordinator where he's saying, hey, I want my quarterback to be involved. My quarterback is a former MVP of the league. He is a vet here. He is the most important player on this team. I want him to feel like he is as involved as I am from a coaching perspective. I like him giving that deference to Lamar Jackson. There are questions with the Baltimore Ravens, but also you're right. They could be a team that ends up being the team that they were always supposed to be the last few seasons, right? Because they weren't that far away. Injuries have kept them out of that conversation. And this last season, maybe the contract situation with Lamar kept them out of that conversation as well. But a healthy Baltimore Ravens team had Lamar Jackson in the MVP conversation early in the season last season. Could I see that being the case again this season? Absolutely. There's nothing crazy to me about that. No. You look at what they're going to try to do. I mean, last year, they were a 10-win team that went to the playoffs. Jackson missed five games. You don't necessarily need him to be healthy for all 17 to put yourself in a position to make a playoff run. He missed five games, and they were still a double-digit winner in the AFC North. And they almost 
took out the Cincinnati Bengals, if not for Tyler Huntley fumbling the ball on the one-yard line and then that return going back the other way. Obviously, they have to navigate a very tough division. Mm -hmm. They have to navigate a very tough conference, but they are going to be extremely difficult to game plan for, especially since nobody has any tape on this offense. Nobody knows what it's going to look like. You know you have to defend Lamar Jackson in the run, but now if he becomes a next-level passer, and he doesn't need to be an elite passer, but if he becomes an above-average thrower of the football, I don't know how you're going to slow these guys down. And you're throwing a top-five defense in there to boot. That's what's going to make them so challenging. So I know Cincinnati's the favorite to win the division. I don't think it's them. I think it's Baltimore. And then I would say on top, I think Cleveland is a team that a lot of people need to wake up on. That's a conversation for another time. But this Baltimore team is absolutely legit. I think they're priced as the fourth or fifth favorite best team in the AFC. I don't know if that's going to be the case come the end of the season. See, I'm still giving the nods to the Bengals in the division, but the tough sledding that the Baltimore Ravens are going to have in that division absolutely is part of the conversation because you're right. Cleveland could be significantly improved this season as well. I think for the Ravens, you're talking about a team that for years we have been saying, hey, he needs weapons around him. Where are the weapons for Lamar Jackson? And the weapons are there now. In theory, the drafting Zay Flowers, I think, is probably huge. I think he's going to be excellent. I don't know about OBJ. I don't know about the health of OBJ, but I do think that he's helpful to have. Aguilar, the health is a factor as well. I'm not convinced that this is you know, going to be the best receiver room in the NFL by any means because there's some real health concerns, and I'm not sure OBJ is ever going to be before the catastrophic injuries OBJ again. But it's the help that Lamar Jackson has been asking for, and the Ravens did put their money where their mouth is in that respect. I could see... I could see them taking a leap this season. I could also see it being another disappointing season for the Baltimore Ravens in the postseason. What do you think the floor? Like, I could see that going either way for what the Ravens. Think, frankly, what, what's the floor? Like, if you, like, there's a there are some teams where the floor is really bad and the ceiling's really high. I think Chicago might be one of those teams right. that has a higher floor, really low ceiling. What is the floor for the Ravens? Like, how bad could it be? I don't think it can be that bad. They won 10, 10 games last season with the Lamar Jackson injuries and with the contract dispute. I expect them to be at least a wild card team, right? I mean, do you see them in a situation where they're missing a postseason? The floor, to me, would not be very low. I, I could see the floor being something where maybe it's nine and eight and somehow that misses the playoffs because the conference is so good. So I wouldn't necessarily slot it to a playoff berth, yes or no. I could see a, a nine and eight season, which is good, but somehow Cleveland and Cincinnati finished ahead of them. The Chiefs won their division. The Bills won their division. The Jets won 10 games. And then maybe the Chargers win 10 games along with the Jags grabbing their division. So you would miss a wild card. But again, I mean, like nine and eight, I, I, there's too much to like here. The defense can bail out the offense. The offense can bail out the defense. John Harbaugh is one of the best coaches in the NFL, and he's always been great with special teams. You have Justin Tucker, a Hall of Famer, who already nailed a 60-yarder in the preseason. They are going to be a very formidable out. Hammer Houston in week one. If they beat Cincinnati in week two, you and I are going to be having a very, very different conversation about this team because everyone's going to wake up to whether or not this team's going to run the AFC. And we spend a lot of time talking about the offense. We're going to spend time talking about the Munkin changes. We're going to spend time talking about Zay Flowers. The reality is that they spent the rest of that draft addressing the defense. And that very good defense got that much better potentially as well in terms of depth through the draft. So I expect them to be very good on both sides of the ball. Maybe this is the season that Lamar gets 
gets over the hump. All of that being said, I think it's crazy to assume he'll have his best season yet because he had an epic historical season back in 2019 when he won the MVP. Coming up next, are the Jags overrated? Joe and Amber, the podcast. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and... What do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. There's a remarkable stat that you just heard on SportsCenter where the Colts <laughs> will have their a new starting quarterback for the eighth consecutive season, eight consecutive seasons. That's just remarkable. I mean, shocking. I knew that, but shocking it's like that they're not it. winning the division at all during that stretch. It's just shocking. Right? to me. Well, and the, and they had their franchise quarterback and Andrew Luck. Oof, it's tough sledding. If you're an Indianapolis Colts fan, right? Who could have predicted that one? Amber Wilson, Joe Fortenbaugh here on Joe and Amber ESPN radio is presented to you by progressive insurance. Right now we are under our 24 hour ESPN fantasy football marathon. If you're interested in playing fantasy football, which you should be because it's free and it's easy. And most importantly, it's fun. Go to ESPN.com slash FFL or download the ESPN fantasy app. It is time now for us to sound on sound off. They said it, but what did they really mean? What are you trying to say to us? Sound on, sound off with Joe and Amber. With Joe, Amber, and James Steele. Hello, James. Hi. Uh, so is this where I tell you about my uh, fantasy football team? No, we... absolutely no? not. Nobody cares. Oh. I-, I would like to say something. Yeah. This show is 33 minutes old. You and I haven't even spoken to each other yet. You realize that? I tried to speak to you once. You just sat there and you looked at me and then you moved on with your day. <laughs> Oh, not once. We haven't. You and I, I have not interacted yet. How I are you? I think he means in or okay. off air. To be honest with both. you, both. Well, well, no, I mean, we've texted come, quite a bit. You, you come just like flying in here, uh, big TV star on Daily Wager. It's no excuse for bad manners. I, you do fly in here. I mean, you quite literally sit down like five seconds yeah. before we go live. It so is it's an not athletic much time for Joe it is an athletic that. marvel what I pull off from one to the other, and I'm glad everyone is starting to notice how impressive it is. Thank you both. <laughs> it, it thank you. I am in tremendous shape. That's actually that's, that's about to all go out the window. By the way, it's, it's all those start the new lineup. It's all those ball slams I've been doing. There you go. Just don't hit yourself in the face. All right, moving on. James Steele. I'm not saying it again. You can't make me. Just to just to recap, ball slamming is an, a hilarious thing to say. So I agree. It's the best. I agree. I there, I had nothing to add whenever you said it. So. All right. So uh, speaking of fantasy football, Ezekiel mm-hmm. Elliott signed with the New England Patriots yesterday. More than likely becoming the Thunder to Ramondre Stevenson's Lightning. But what's his value in fantasy football? Here's Mike Clay on Greeny earlier today. 
Zeke's he's over 2,000 touches. He's had a good career going the other direction, right? The efficiency's down. He's more of a role player now, more of a situational player. He'll get some run in this offense because they need a number two and a compliment to Ramondre Stevenson. But Stevenson broke out last year. He's the real deal. He was top 10 in catches at the running back position. And already, by the way, from a fantasy perspective, already wasn't a factor in the touchdown department. He only had six. So I don't think he's really affected uh, from that perspective. So for me, Stevenson's still a good number two back in fantasy. Zeke is a bench guy, right? I don't, I don't know that we're going to be starting him at all. Everyone, if, if you know anything about fantasy football, you know, don't start uh, Patriot running backs. Anyway, Joe, <laughs> Zeke no longer is starting fantasy running back. But what is his actual value to the Patriots in their offense this year? I think he can be valuable to them. I think he can be quite valuable to them. But when I say that, I'm not talking about 1,500 yards and 25 touchdowns, okay? He is being brought in to play a specific role, and I think he can play that role well. This is going to be a bit of a throwback year for the Patriots. They are going to lean on a very good defense. They're going to lean on a heavy dose of the rushing attack, and then they're going to have a very, very smart, precise passing game. That's what it's going to be. They're not going to try to air it out all over the place. They're not going to try to go fast up and down the field. They're going to play to their strengths. They're going to build to what they can do. So I think Zeke backing up Ramondre Stevenson can provide value in that role. They don't need him to carry the ball 230-plus times like he's done every single year of his career. When you get the ball, go full tilt and then head right to the bench so Stevenson can come back out. So I think he'll be more valuable than the stats ultimately reflect at the end of the season. He's not a difference maker. This doesn't mean the Patriots are going to win the AFC East. What it does mean is that they got some help that they needed, though. They got some depth behind Stevenson, who will still be the number one there in New England, and they desperately needed that. And where Zeke thrives is the shortcoming of Stevenson, right? You don't need him to be the biggest, most explosive back anymore. What you need is him to be able to contribute inside the opponent's five-yard line. This was the worst red zone offense in the entire National Football League last season. Zeke will be able to help that, even if it's just in that short yardage situation. This is really weird. I have to bring this up. On my computer, my Twitter feed is currently on... Um, a tweet from Amber where it's a clip from her on first take today talking about the Cowboys, but it's muted. And I'm hearing her talk about Zeke on TV. And it's like, it's like way too much Amber Wilson. Like it's like, I'm <laughs> watching not enough. It's like, I'm watching you and I'm hearing you, but none of it syncs up. And I'm just like, Oh my God. I was like, this is Amber W sports. If you get yeah. too much Amber Wilson in your life at Joe Fortenbaugh, you can uh, find us on X formerly known as Twitter, James. <laughs> All right, so I'm not sure. Never if, enough Amber Wilson in your life, right, James? Well, <laughs> we'll see about that. Never. I'm not sure if hype is the right word for the Jaguars heading into this season, but expectations for Trevor Lawrence and company have gone up quite a bit since last year. Mark Zeno, not one to shy away from giving a hot take, thinks the Jags are somehow overrated. I don't know where the love for this team came from all of a sudden. We seem to have revisionist history on what the Jaguars accomplished last year and have rewritten it to something to put them in the category of the Bengals, Bills, and Chiefs, which they are not. This team is, is not going to win this division in the AFC South in a walk. I think Tennessee will absolutely compete with them. People forget that Tennessee was 7-3 and three last year before the entire team got decimated with injuries. And it still took the Jaguars a win against Josh Dobbs in the final game of the regular season to win that division. Jags are overrated. All right, listen, you got to take all of Zinno's uh, hot takes with a grain of salt. He doesn't have Mahomes as the best quarterback Especially in the whenever he didn't have Patrick Mahomes number one on mm-hmm. his list of the top QBs a couple weeks ago. But I digress. Anyway, Amber, the Jags overrated? Uh, no. <laughs> so here, 
Uh, I well, okay. You know what? I should say a little bit because some people are interesting going to be crazy. turn of events here. Because here's the problem: I don't think that they're overrated if you're reasonable, Joe. And I don't know how reasonable you are about the Jacks. They're going to be a very good team. They're the team that won the division last year. Yes, they barely won the division. Yes, I think the Tennessee Titans are going to be pe- better than people realize. I don't think the window is actually closed yet for the Tennessee Titans, even though we've been saying that for the last couple years. The Jags certainly have a lot of competition inside that conference and even in that division. That's true for everybody in that conference. But the Jags are also going to be better. Under Doug Peterson's system for a second year, Trevor Lawrence taking another step forward off of what we saw from him in the second half of last season. And oh, by the way, Calvin Redley, who I think is going to be a huge, huge weapon for Trevor Lawrence. We haven't seen him play football in a year, but he wasn't coming off of injury either. He was sitting there and he's still in shape. I think the Jags are going to be very, very good. All of that being said, Kimberly A. Martin on first take today with me, said the Jags could be in the Super Bowl. She has the Jags in the Super Bowl. Now, we all like jumped on her and went crazy, and she kind of walked it back a little bit, and she's like, well, I didn't say in 2023, so I guess sometime That's in the next century. That's a savvy play right there. You know, That's that, a real that was, savvy that play. That was the way to play it uh, because of how much we all reacted when it came out of her mouth. But she's not the only one. So, yes, they're overrated as your standard is is that they are already a Super Bowl contending team. But, no, they are not overrated if you think they can truly compete for this division once again and be a good team and make a postseason. First of all, um, I called this at the beginning of summer. I said everyone's favorite sleeper team is going to be the Jaguars. And here it comes. It was so obvious months ago that this was going to happen. Number two, to Zinno. He's a complete lunatic, but at the same time, he's also a first-class act. I did him a favor not too long ago, no big deal. He turns around, he sends me a couple of nice bottles of red wine. First-class guy right there, no matter what ridiculous takes he's spewing on a regular basis. As to the Jags, it's very simple. They will win the division. They will not beat any of the elite teams in the AFC. So if that's where they're rated, then they're properly rated. If anyone says they're going further than that, they are not. If anyone says they are not achieving that goal, they are wrong. The Jags will win the division. They'll probably be right around 9 or 10 wins. But when they stack up with one of the big boys, Kansas City, Cincinnati, Buffalo, the Ravens, possibly the Jets, they're going down. The problem for the Jags is twofold. Number one, the offensive line is an issue. Starting right tackle bolted for Kansas City in the offseason. Starting left tackles missing the first four games of the season due to a PED suspension. Trevor Lawrence has plenty of weapons, but if they can't protect him and they get him killed, it's season over. Number two, the defense. They didn't do a lot there. They lost 14 of their 42 sacks in the offseason, and they didn't address it. So defensively, they're a bit thin. Offensively on the line... They're a bit thin. This is a team that is built to contend, but that's where it ends. They're a year away from being a year away, as they say. All right, one more real quick. The Cowboys went through a bunch of changes in the offseason. No more Zeke. No more Kellen Moore. Mike McCarthy going to call plays now. Dak Prescott is still QB1, though, and he's coming off a season where he threw the most picks in his career. And Kimberly A. Martin says that if Dak is disappointing again this season, we might start hearing whispers about the Cowboys moving on from him. I think we are nearing the precipice of that of entering that sort of realm of where we question is Dak the guy. Now, I find those questions ridiculous myself because if you want if you've watched Dak's career last year was a complete aberration. We haven't he's always been a guy who's protected the football. He's never what what was disturbing or alarming was the fact that he had missed five games and still was tied for the league lead in interceptions. That's not gonna happen again. I just think statistically the law of averages, that wasn't gonna happen again anyway. But I think if this Cowboys team finds 
another if this is another disappointing season. If this is another season where yes they make the playoffs but it's an early exit, we're going to be talking about is Dak the answer long term. And I think it's an unfortunate conversation, but it's a it's a conversation I know we'll be having just because it's the Cowboys. Kimberly's slick. She comes out with the, oh, you know, it could be the end of the road. I'm not saying it, but others could. It's like, that is slick right there. Real slick. That's what you do. You blame others. So (laughs) we do always talk about how important the season is for Mike McCarthy's future in Dallas. But how important is it for Dak, Joe? I mean, you got to get to the next level. Enough's enough. There are guys around the league like Trevor Lawrence entering year three. We expect them to step up a bit. We're looking at Justin Fields in Chicago. We think he could step up a bit. Those are guys that are young. They're on the rise. We expect another step. We've been saying that for Prescott for years. So I don't think it's a big deal this year. The Cowboys get what they pay for. They put this team together. And ultimately, when they flame out of the playoffs, you're getting the result you paid for and that you put together as the owner of that franchise. He wants a contract extension. He's going to be eligible for a contract extension. It's a contract year for Dak Prescott in that regard. But in terms of actually moving on from Dak, I don't see it. So the importance to me is, is Dak going to get paid? And is he going to get paid to the level that he wants to get paid? But the grass ain't always greener. And Jerry Jones is one to be very, very loyal. I think Dak ends up having a good enough season to remain the quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys. Coming up next here on Joe and Amber, a strange twist to what we thought was an inspiring story. We'll get into that. ESPN Radio is also on the ESPN app. Joe and Amber, the podcast. Things have gotten really strange around the Michael Orr story, which was the inspiration for the movie Blindside Joe. And we got the news what, the day before yesterday about the court filings where Michael Orr had filed a complaint against his family or his alleged family because apparently, according to Michael Orr's complaint anyways, they never actually legally adopted him, but he made all sorts of claims like they tricked him into signing legal documents that essentially signed away his rights. He also signed away his white rights to Fox without meaning to. He said he didn't profit off of the movie The Blind Side, that the family pocketed all the profits. There's all sorts of really, really heinous allegations in here. And then the family has come out and the family has said that essentially accusing Michael Orr and alleging that he's tried to extort $15 million from them or said that he would reveal all sorts of negative information about this family and make them look bad. A very, very good story at one time. That seems like a very inspiring story that we all fell in love with With that movie, and when we saw him walk on that stage at the NFL draft, takes a very, very ugly turn all these years later. Without question. You know, Michael Lewis, the author, wrote that book. A lot of people read it, got behind it. The book was fantastic. It was a bestseller, like everything he writes, essentially. Sandra Bullock stars in the movie as Leanne. How's the last name pronounced? Tui? I don't know. It's T-U-O-H-Y. I think it's Tui. A minute ago, yeah. She becomes the star of the story, which rubbed a lot of people the wrong way because the story is about Michael Orr, but it became about the family and the parents and how wonderful they were. Bullock goes on to win an Academy Award. Now, all these years later, we find out it, there may be more than meets the eye here. Matt Jones, who's been filling in on the morning show, he, he's based out of Kentucky. He had a tweet about this. He's pretty tied in, in the South, and it essentially said people that are close to Memphis, around the Memphis area, have been saying for years that this story is not what people think it is like all of us were portrayed. We're we're told one story, but those who are kind of close to everything that happened, 
they saw it a very different way. It's very sad. It's very unfortunate. You know, he he has said before he is not happy with the way he was portrayed in that movie. He mm-hmm. was portrayed kind of as an idiot, someone who was really dumb, couldn't figure things out. It wasn't necessarily that. He just didn't have great schooling. He right. was behind in school. If you take a kid, you don't give him the proper education and move him through and, and, and check up on him. Anybody's going to fall behind. It has nothing to do with IQ or intellect if you're not getting the proper attention to go through that stuff. So he didn't have anyone looking out for him. He falls behind in school, but he was portrayed as really dumb, and he didn't like that. And I guess it turns out later that all of this, instead of he is alleging what? That they said they were having him sign these documents because they were adopting him. But instead, according to him, it was a conservatorship where they yeah. were basically in charge of all his business That's dealings. the allegation. That's the allegation. Jeez. I do think I've been reading articles about this, you know, when it, when the news broke a couple of days ago because this was filed uh, in a court in Shelby County in Tennessee. So obviously it becomes public record immediately. It's a huge story. That movie was huge. It's a former NFL player. So it's going to be front page of a lot of different sports news sources. And when all of that news broke, I was reading a lot of articles that were taking everything in the petition as fact. And what we do have to keep in mind, and this is the lawyer in me, he filed a petition here, a complaint here, and it's what he's alleging. It's not fact. It's not been what's proven. It's what he's alleging. Now, the family has their own story. They are also, through their lawyer speaking, with their own allegations, again, of him trying to allegedly extort $15 million out of them for him not to go public with these other allegations. I don't know where the truth is here. The lawyer in me always reserves my judgment because I've seen these things play out over time. I don't know what's right and I don't know what's wrong. What I do, and we may not know for years because this thing will go on and on and on and it'll probably end up in some sort of sealed settlement and maybe we'll never know what was true and what was not true. What I think we do know from this though and these allegations flying back and forth is this situation is ugly. And even if this story at one point was ever a feel-good story when he was allegedly adopted or taken in, he was taken into their home back in high school. That part's true. He did live with them back in high school, apparently. But back then, even if it was a feel-good story at the time, it ain't a feel-good story anymore because obviously there's been a fallout here amongst these parties. And that part sucks because it was such a beautiful story at one point. Unlike you, I have no problem playing judge, jury, and executioner with absolutely no facts in front of me. I am happy to go (laughs) ahead and render what has happened in this case on a national platform and shotgun it everywhere with none of the none of the details. With no real information. With no real no information. Evidence, I will tell you exactly really what we all need to do about this. No, I think you said it perfectly. You got to wait and find out because I'm sure there's a little bit of truth to what both of them are saying. I'm sure some of it's been fudged based on what both of them are saying. And you, like you said it perfectly, this is going to be very ugly. It is just really really unfortunate when it comes down to it because this was a very inspiring story on many levels many levels and if you're michael lewis right now i find that to be interesting michael lewis how how much fact finding did you do with this book because if it turns out that what or is alleging is true oh my god how did you write that book right michael lewis is a guy who is who is well regarded in the industry now for those who are saying sandra bullock should give back the oscar that's a that's a bridge too far, in my opinion. I don't think yeah, she's necessarily she at a point she's where she's supposed to, do to know the all research. This. No, I, you're right. Though the author of the original book, that would be where the yes. research you would think 
should have come into play. And maybe at the time, though, everybody was on the same page, right? I mean, maybe at the Perhaps. time, Michael, and and here's where it got weird. And this is me being skeptical attorney, right? So when, again, when this complaint gets filed and this story goes public and everyone's like just running with what Michael Orr is alleging here. And again, it, it may be completely true. I have no idea, but everybody was running. Everybody was very quick to condemn this family. And I was reading what the allegations were. And then at one point, and he's saying that he was tricked into signing these documents and the and, and, and all of that. But then it also said that he signed away his rights to Fox. And I thought, well, that's kind of like the family. The allegation isn't that the family made him do that. But he also signed away his rights to Fox. And that's why he wasn't profiting like he expected to off of that movie. And I thought, okay, so did he sign bad deals here? And now all these years later... He's trying to make up for signing bad deals. I don't know. Or maybe he was tricked into all of this. And maybe nobody gave him the opportunity to really review those agreements with a lawyer, which seems far-fetched if you're Fox. I don't know where the truth is. All I know is that this story has gotten ugly. And it's sad to see because we all, I think, loved that story and we all loved that movie. Coming up next, is a third straight title a given for the Bulldogs? Joe and Amber is on ESPN Radio, which is, of course, on the app. Joe and Amber, the podcast. 